Welcome back to Practice Purchased. We are in season four, episode four, again with Morgan Stump. We're talking banking. Morgan, hello. Hi, Brian. This is a common topic that comes up on almost every deal that I'm a part of. I know this is frequent for you, but you've got a dentist who now has two loan approvals that they're looking at. They're trying to decide how to choose between those loans. Um, so this is where uh, the importance of me reaching out to the right bankers to have as guests on this podcast come into play because I know, Morgan, you can put yourself in the shoes of the dentists, give the advice that I'm sure 99 times out of 100 would benefit you, but you know, one time out of 100 might benefit a competitor. And I know you're going to be the one to give that advice regardless of whether or not it benefits you. Uh, so I appreciate you being willing to uh, be so open and, and share this advice with us. Um, it, real quick plug before we get into the questions and, and your answers here. Um, if, if you're listening to this episode, um, and Morgan's given of, you know, several hours of his time, he's not getting paid for this. Uh, you guys aren't paying for this and, uh, you like what you've heard from Morgan. He is a fantastic resource. Uh, you're welcome to reach out to me to do a quick intro to Morgan anytime, but his, uh, email name, phone number will be in the show notes of this episode and all the episodes that he was on. And so, if you'd like to reach out to Morgan, Morgan is um, uh, great to chat. Um, he's he, uh, I, uh, kind of amazing, actually, <laughs> your, how open your schedule is. Uh, so I highly recommend folks reach out. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, I'll uh, take any conversation, any point, even with dental students. I mean, you can't have these conversations early enough. Yeah, love it. All right, Morgan. So we're trying to decide between two loans. Um, talk to me a little bit about the factors to consider. Yeah, you know, is, it, is it just rate? You know, how would you, if you're, you're now a dentist, Morgan, I've deputized you, you've been through four years of dental school, congratulations. What would be your mental math to decide between two loans? What would be the factors first? Yeah. So, you know, rate can be important, but at this point, all the banks are kind of playing in the same sandbox when it comes to interest rate. Um, banks know that in order to be competitive and earn business, you've got to be somewhat in the ballpark as the other lenders when it comes to interest rate. So I actually Put that a little bit lower on my my priority list if I was a, a dentist looking uh, to choose a lender. The most important thing, in my opinion, is who is going to fit both your lo- short and long term vision best. This is by far the most important factor for me. Um, not all banks are created the same. Not all of them have the same credit parameters. Um, so, for example, one of the, the biggest biggest bank out there, if, if you're going to be buying a practice and not buying the commercial real estate at the same exact time, um, then they're going to likely want you to wait until you buy that commercial real estate for two years because they've already laid out some cash for you. They want to see how that investment is performing before they lay out even more cash for you to buy your building. So, you know, that is a very unique thing to this lender. Um, for us, we, we don't have that sort of thing. If we can tell that the transition's gone just fine after a few months, we're going to finance that, that building for you because we feel it's in the best interest of the doctor to own their commercial real estate. Um, but even more important than that is, you know, are they going to be able to satisfy your appetite for growth? Um, I'm finding that more and more young doctors are coming out these days with just awesome skill sets. You know, they're listening to podcasts, they're building their business acumen, and maybe they want to go from one to two to three practices within the first five years. You literally have maybe one or two national options out there if that is truly, you know, the route that you want to go. Um, some banks, there's another large bank, my former employer, in fact, um, where great people, but their corporate credit policy basically says that they are not able to lend over a million dollars of total exposure to one dentist. 
So if you go in and you buy a practice for $900,000, $950,000, and then you need to want to, you want to buy a CBCT in a year for $100,000, $150,000 or a milling machine, you're going to have a really hard time getting them to approve you for that equipment purchase, let alone a second purchase or a third purchase. So ask the right questions based on your vision, both short and long-term, because rates are really low right now. So whoever you sign with on this first loan, they're going to have a five-year prepayment penalty built in. So you're likely choosing your lender for at least five years. So have your five-year vision in place and then lean on your advisors like Brian to, to, to who really know uh, what the banks are comfortable with. Because unfortunately, a lot of bankers out there are going to kind of tell you anything to, to earn that business up front and then worry about everything else down the road once you're already hooked on with them. So lean on your advisors and know who you're partnering with. That is by far the most important thing when choosing a lender. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, long-term and short-term. I think um, I dentists that I deal with deal so often in the short-term. That's where our discussions tend to focus. That long-term piece is really important. Uh, so just, what I hear you saying is keep your options open. Uh, make sure you understand. Yeah, okay. So when we're let's let's focus on the short term just for a second. So I get the long term. You've got real estate. Maybe pub, if you're buying more practices, equipment, uh, maybe a home is involved in there somewhere. Right? There's other opportunities to borrow or reasons that you might borrow in the future. But right now, you've got two approvals sitting in front of you. The the framework that I've laid out for dentists in terms of the short term aspect it, and the three factors. Um, that I'd like you to react to, and by the way, disagree with me uh, if you if you do, um, are rate, fees, and process. And I've always kind of said, hey, you know, rate is important. It can be like half the decision, 50%. Fees, 30%. Process, 20%. And those, you know, there's nothing magical about those numbers, but I'm trying to get all three at the table. Um, I, I First, let me quick caveat. Rates and fees, man, if they're not identical on every lender, they're pretty darn close. Uh, so I, I find that I am differentiating more on process these days in 2021 as we're recording this, but I can foresee a future where maybe that's not the case. What do you think about my framework? What would you add, delete from that list? And then how would you weight your, your specific short-term factors? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, in, my, in my opinion, uh, interest rate and fees are exactly the same thing because the fees just increase the APR, mm. your interest rate. So the best thing to do there is, you know, and a lot of banks will have, you know, a $500 loan documentation fee. They'll have a $750 rate lock fee. Um, word to the wise, you can usually get those waived if you ask or say that's going to earn their business. So sometimes just ask, say the other bank is, is waiving them for me. Can you do that? Uh, but what you do is you take those fees and you actually add them to your total loan. Uh, amount. So let's say your practice loan is a million bucks and then there's $1,500 worth of fees. Add that in. So it's a million and $1,500 and then run interest rate from there. And that's going to tick up your APR a little bit, your your annual percentage rate. So um, to me, rates, terms or rates and fees are pretty much identical. Um, The process is it's important. I mean, to this day and age, in most markets right now, it's still a seller's market. It's still extremely competitive. Um, so a bank that has their stuff together and and is able to quickly put an approval in place for you is crucial. Um, a lot of it's it's in some of these markets, it's so competitive that they're not going to. I see brokers out there not accepting LOIs without a formal approval, hmm. you know, which is kind of in my world, in my opinion, a little bit backwards. Um, that's kind of the whole point of getting an LOI accepted. 
um, because it gives you time for that due diligence. But at the end of the day, if inventory is low and a market's hot, the seller and broker get to dictate, you know, how that process works. So working with a lender that is super responsive, they're taking your calls outside of hours if they need to, um, and just getting back to you and making you feel like they care about you. Um, the approval process is their time to court you and they should be treating you, you know, as, as well as possible. So if you're not getting the love, you know, during the approval process, they're not responding to your phone calls. Uh, maybe they go two, three days. You have to leave two, three messages before they get back to you. Um, how are they going to treat you when you're an actual client? Um, when they don't have the, you know, when they don't have the, the deal riding on the line. Um, so I think process is very important. And plus, you guys are, you dentists are very busy. You get, most of you have families. Most of you are going to be running a business. Um, so working with somebody that's able to make the process really efficient and give time back to you, your practice and your family, that's also important. Um, so I tell doctors, trust your gut instinct and trust your advisors. Uh, your advisors are going to know what banks can actually deliver versus maybe the lip service. And then your gut instinct is going to tell you, hey, who really cares about me? Who, who really wants to earn my business? And if they're doing that on the front end, chances are it's also going to be good on the back end. That's fantastic advice. I love the, the just how pithy that was. Um, I, I hope if you didn't, if you're out working out and um, you, you were bench pressing during that, hit the back <laughs> button a couple times. Listen to that one more time. That was really good. But Morgan, there were a couple factors that come up a lot in conversations with dentists and bankers that I tend to think are not a big deal. What what are uh, what are some of the things that bankers will try to differentiate on between loans that frankly just don't matter that much? Oh man, that's tough. Um, are we talking about, are we talking about different bells and whistles on a loan? Or no, more of like the, about, so I see closing right. conditions come up. I see banks saying, well, they, we have a three-year prepayment penalty and, and theirs is a five or so. So we're better, right? Our, our loan is better. Or, there's, um, you know, you're going to have to collaterally assign that life insurance policy versus us. We just want to see that you have a life insurance policy. Um, you know, some of these, there are technically, those are differences. Um, in my world, I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, hmm, you know, <laughs> I'd rather focus more on process rate and fees, but mm -hmm. maybe I'm thinking about it wrong. Um, you know, are there things like that that just aren't that big a deal? No, I would agree. I, I think the difference between a five and a three year prepayment penalty is not a big deal um, because, these rates are ridiculously low right now. Uh, it's a business. It's 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 a business loan, so it's not showing up on your personal credit report. But more importantly, the interest expense from these loans is a tax write-off. Um, and then, so once you factor in the tax write-off into rates that are already low, th low, high twos, low threes right now, you're looking at effective interest rates down in the mid twos. So my take on that is, don't pay this loan off, you know, extremely fast. It just doesn't make too much sense. I talk to doctors all the time that, you know, listen to Ramsey and the Ramsey method and all of that. And, you know, he's got great advice for folks that are not big time, big time earners. Like you're going to be as, as a, uh, as a business owner and a practice owner. So utilize th these loans as a tool um, with, especially with how low the interest rates are today. Um, so don't be in a hurry to pay it off. Most of you out there are 30, 35 years old. You've got 20, 30 years to practice. With the time value of money, instead of paying that loan down super fast, put that money away for your future. It's going to grow upon itself and you're going to greatly outpace your interest expense that you're going to pay on these loans. I know I got off on a tangent there, but that's just it's kind of a pet peeve of mine when somebody's really harping on, hey, so I want to pay the loan off in two years. You're like, it doesn't make any sense. 
Yeah, don't, don't. I'm going to go further down your tangent and say not to inf- forget inflation. So we're sitting in June 2021, and yeah. inflation is, if you go look at the Wall Street Journal, it's 4.2%. Some some measures 5%, whether you're looking at core or some of the other. So you're getting a loan at three. Some of the tax is, or the, the interest is tax deductible, and inflation is higher than the headline rate anyway. Um, it Basically, the bank is paying you to buy a practice. Yes. And then you touched on another one. I, I do think that the insurances, that, that is important. Um, you know, it, first of all, I think that every dentist should have life and disability insurance. I mean, Brian, how many doctors have we known that have become disabled? Yeah. How many doctors, unfortunately, have we heard that have passed away? Um, so you want to take care of your family in those situations. If you become disabled, you want to be able to continue running your, running your business, whether or not you can still get your hands wet. So insurance is important, but you know, if, if you're looking at cutting expenses as much as possible and you've got a lender that's not going to require it versus one that is, then maybe you've got to factor that into your overall decision because there is cost that comes along with those coverages. Um, as far as things that just aren't important that banks try to really hype, um, you know, we do offer a 15 year rate now. Um, but it's, what's really funny is any lender out there that is able to offer a 15 year term on a practice acquisition, the deal has to cash flow over 10 years in order for them to even offer it. So my take on that is the 15 years is going to be a higher interest rate. Most doctors set up their minimum payment, kind of forget about it. Interest rates are historically low right now. So you're not going to really want to go refinance this thing in a few years when hopefully rates are higher. I say hopefully because that's a sign that our economy is doing better. Right. Um, so in my opinion, a 15 year is basically just a scare tactic by lenders. They say, don't you want the, the ease and comfort of this smaller payment? If things go wrong, then you've always got this smaller payment. At the end of the day, if you look at the difference in payments between a 15 year and a 10 year, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, but if you look at how much interest expense you're going to pay over the life of the loan, it's a huge deal. On a million dollar loan, we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. So get an amortization schedule, you know, figure out, okay, how much interest am I going to be paying on a 15 year versus a 10? A healthy practice absolutely should be able to service its debt over a 10 year term. So I typically, even though I can offer it, I try to steer doctors away from the 15 year as much as possible. Got it. I love it. Okay. Let's talk about negotiations. First is a very quick question with a quick, hopefully a quick answer. I've got two loan offers. Can I negotiate between the banks? Can I call one bank and say, hey, you know, Morgan over here is offering me this interest rate. Can you do better? Is that permissible? Absolutely. I mean, in my opinion, until you sign that, that what we call a commitment letter, uh, then that's your time to shop. And, you know, the thing that I would ask is just be respectful of the bankers. Um, you know, don't necessarily just, you know, use one to try to leverage the other. Go into it. If you're talking to two banks, go into it with an open mind. Um, and you know, if you've liked working with one lender more than the other, but they have a slightly higher interest rate, there's nothing wrong with saying, Hey, Morgan, I loved working with you and your team. You guys were by far the most efficient, the most, you know, the most responsive. You provided the most support throughout this process. I'd love to go with you, but you're 0.2% higher than bank B over here. Um, you know, I, I want my doctors to feel like they're making a good business decision. I don't want them to leave money on the table. Um, you know, there are some factors that we can get into about why that paying that 0.2.3% might be worthwhile, but yeah, definitely give that bank that you would prefer to work with the opportunity to match whatever you've got. Um, I would try to stay away with sending out other people's approval letters directly to the other lender. Um, that can get a little bit hairy sometimes. Why is that? They had pause for a second. Cause that, that happens a lot. Bank B says, 
wait, Morgan's giving you what interest rate? Ooh, I got I got to show that to my credit manager. Can you send me that email, please? And what you're saying is, no, don't send that email. But why? What's the big deal? Well, uh, it's they're, they're going to say that they need the letter so that they can go get the exception, which is just banker speak. It's not true. I mean, if 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 somebody says I'm going to give you my I'm going to give you my business if you're able to give me this rate, chances are that banker is either going to be able to get that rate with or without the approval letter. Um, the terms and the conditions and everything that is in an approval letter, um, they're specific to that lender and it's, it's their, it's, it's their intellectual property. And it, it, it kind of gives insight into how that bank operates. So sharing that with, you know, a competitor, um, might rub some bankers the wrong way. Um, so for me, I, I rarely ask for it unless I'm being asked for a huge exception that I might not believe is, is really the case. Um, you know, if somebody says, Hey, you know, Bank B's giving me 2.19%. I know that that doesn't exist. So in that case, I might ask for it. I'll get it. And if it's really true, I'll say, that's a hell of a deal. You go with it. <laughs> um, but if we're all in that same neighborhood of, you know, right now, you know, 2.9, 3%, 3 3.1%, um, most banks are going to move mountains to earn your business if it's if we're just talking about, you know, matching an interest rate. Got it. Real quick, um, this comes up relatively frequently. As we get close to time, this will be one of our last questions, but are there things dentists do with some degree of frequency that really just kind of irks you? Like what, what is it that dentists do that are, are going to tick you off and, and as a banker get you thinking, hmm, I don't really like this loan anymore. I'm, I'm not going to give it my best effort. Well, I mean, you know, I, I, I am fortunate to be in a position in my career right now that if, if somebody is disrespectful or doesn't, you know, respect my time or my team's time, I, I can choose to, to not bring on that client. Uh, it happens. It's very rare. I find that dentists are, are, are kind individuals. They are respectful individuals. But what's going to upset me is if I, somebody gives me their word that, that what something that I delivered to them is going to win the business. And then I deliver it and then they basically go the other way anyway and leverage me, um, whether that's, you know, an approval, uh, whether that's, you know, getting a condition waived. Um, but I find that only about one out of 20 doctors will do that, you know, and so uh, I'm very systematic with how I, I make my, my make my deals. I usually send out the approval letter at, at, at the rate that it was approved upon, but then I'll get the doctor on the phone. And I'll be up front with them. I'll say, you know what, there is some wiggle room here. Um, I want to earn your business. So what's it going to take? And if the doctor says, hey, you know, I've got a, a, a an application processing with this other big bank. We all know that they're going to be super slow and they would prefer to get into closing because they need to close this deal in the next three to four weeks. Then it behooves all parties to make a deal right then and there. So if they say, you know what, Morgan, you're at three point two nine percent right now. If you can get that down to two point nine nine percent and waive the loan fees, uh, I'm, I'm, my business is yours then I take you at your word. I go to my management and I get that exception signed off. And then if I bring it back to you and then you decide to go the other way, to me, that's kind of showing a little bit of a sign of your character. Um, so that is something that will upset me. Yep. That makes sense. And then last question is um, that commitment. We've talked about conversations and things. Is, is there a mechanism? What is the actual mechanism that a doctor commits to a bank? Yes. So great point. So how to even upset a banker even further is if you actually not just verbally say something and go against it, but once you sign their approval letter, or the, the commitment letter, I call it a commitment letter because some banks, they know how long their approval process is. 
they'll give you a term sheet before it's underwritten and try to lock you down with a term sheet. Proposal say, versus, I know, yeah. I know that we can offer this. Here's your rate. We're going to take a deposit as well because they don't, they, they want to know that you're committed before they go through the underwriting process because it's so lengthy and, and kind of painful. For us, we skip straight to the approval because we are extremely efficient getting to approval. But point being, when there is a commitment letter in front of you, um, you know, once you sign that, that is the mechanism that basically allows me to engage my closing team. So I'm waiving most of the fees on our loans. So there's literally not a single fee on most of my loans. But once you sign that approval letter, we're bringing in a closing officer. The first thing they do is pull lien searches. All right. Now we're incurring real costs. We're not just utilizing human capital uh, and the work that I'm doing and my team's doing, but we're actually incurring real expenses to process your loan. So if you sign the commitment letter, that's the, the mechanism that tells you that your shopping is over. You move forward with the, uh, you know, with the lender that you've chosen. And some banks are shameless. They'll come back and they'll say, oh, gosh, I know you committed, but guess what? We have a promo now and now I'm going to undercut the rate by 0.3%. Sorry, the shopping's over. I, you should have given me your best shot when you had the opportunity to. I'm moving forward with Bank A. Um, and you'll feel good about that. It feels good to do things the right way. And this is a mini little lesson in how to, how to run your business as well. You need to run your business with integrity. And you need to follow through on what you say you're going to do. I love it. Morgan, thank you so much. Uh, fantastic tips. Uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you, Brian.